Welcome to the Parentpreneur Podcast, a weekly podcast where I speak with mom and dad entrepreneurs about their businesses, families, and how they are striking their ideal work-life balance on their own terms. I'm your host, Anelia Faithful, and I'm a creative director and a parentpreneur. My guest today is Alora Weaver. Alora is the copywriter and storyteller behind Word Weaver Freelance. She specializes in helping businesses write engaging copy that sells. She's also a bit of a word geek, a mother of two, and lives with her family in Ohio. Hi, Alora. Welcome to the Parentpreneur Podcast. So glad to have you here. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. So tell us a little bit about what you do and your business and how you made the leap to becoming an entrepreneur. So I am a freelance copywriter and my specialty is story-based copywriting. So I use a storytelling um, framework or elements of storytelling to apply to conversion-focused content. So things like sales uh, letters and landing pages and blog content, pretty much anything that business owners use to convert visitors of their website to either followers or customers. Um, How I got into business for myself was um, very related to being a mom. I was suffering from postpartum depression after having my second child and actually had a history of it. I had it when I was my first child too. And um, I kind of decided for myself that I needed a space of my own. That was one of the biggest triggers for me was feeling kind of trapped in motherhood without having an identity. And one of the ways that I escaped was to hit Facebook, right? We, we all kind of go to those Facebook groups and start searching around for blogs and everything. Um, and eventually I got to a Facebook group where one of the mothers was talking about being a part-time content writer. And I didn't even realize that was a thing you could do. I thought people who blog did it like as a hobby and maybe they made a little money on the side, but who has time for that when you're raising kids? Um, And so I looked into a little bit more and I found out that there were websites that uh, hired people kind of as freelancers on their own time to write content for businesses. Um, Let's say you're a roofing company and you have a blog because you want to bring website traffic to your website. Well, um, you hire content writers to write blog posts for you. And At first, these are really cheap websites that are paying like pennies per word, but it was a great kind of apprenticeship for me to dip my toes in and see if I could even get away with the couple of hours a day that I had to devote to it. And it turned out I could. And it also turned out my husband was all for me doing it because he saw that this was a release for me. Um, And then I dove in even more and I discovered the world of freelance blogging as a business model. And I started creating my own website and my clients that I had gained through the content writing service were really responsive in saying that I had had something a little extra to add that they hadn't encountered with other people before. So that boosted my ego and gave me confidence to really go for it. Um, And I was very lucky to have a husband who saw that this was really not only just potential for making some extra bucks, but also 
it was part of my healing from depression because it, it was bringing me into my own again. Um, and I had lost myself for a while. So um, becoming an entrepreneur is very much married to uh, becoming who I truly am um, besides just a mom. That's great. Um, so you work from home full time and have two boys. Uh, how are you managing to stay productive running your business while also being present for them? And do you have any tips that are working for you that you could share with work at home parents? Um, it is a balancing act and, and it will always be a balancing act. I don't think there's a a perfect solution to running a business while also being present for your kids. Um, but you have to try your best. I think the, the best thing that I've done is to make an agreement with my partner that I have at least four hours of uninterrupted time a day when he gets home, either in my office or I go to Whole Foods. That's my favorite place to work out of. Um, and that's that's mommy's time to get work done and without that I feel like I'm trying to cross a four-lane highway because if I don't know that I'm getting that un, uninterrupted time then I feel like oh my gosh I have to get this done I don't know when I'm going to do it and therefore I'm you know half listening to my four-year-old who's telling me uh, an imaginary story that he's making up and looking at my phone or trying to finish an email and that's not fair to him and it's not fair to my clients either because I'm not giving them their, my focus either. So I think the best thing that I can do for my business and that anyone can do for their business is to segment their time into undivided attention to either your children or your work, but it's really hard to do both at the same time. And it's unfair to yourself and to the people who are depending on your attention. So you are very open with your clients about being a work-at-home parent. Uh, has that helped mm -hmm. you f uh, filter out bad clients? It has. Um, part of it, it's kind of the reason I'm open is not just because I want them to understand that my family is a priority, but because I want them to get the message that um, working with a mother is also working with her family that it's not just about me, it's about becoming a more family-friendly culture as a whole. So the cli clients that I work with have to be on board with that. I had one potential client who, <laughs> this is an interesting <laughs> story, I, um, he contacted me through my contact form that I have and booked a half-hour appointment, probably like two a week or two ahead of time, which is, I love it when people do that because that gives me time to, to dig into who they are and their brand and their website and just kind of figure them out. Um, and it also gives me enough lead time to schedule if I need to find childcare or something for my kids because I don't have backup. Um, so I appreciate that. That was really awesome that he did that. And when I dug into who he was, I saw that on his Twitter profile, he's like, a family man, proud Christian, just, you know, putting all of that out there. And I'm like, okay, cool. So this guy's going to know about what it's like to work for yourself and work for your family. That later that week, my father-in-law went into hospice care and he had been suffering from pancreatic cancer. And this, these were his final days. 
and he died. And my scheduled appointment kind of, <laughs> my focus was ultimately on supporting my husband and getting my husband through this time. And it was about 15 minutes before um, my appointment with my client. And I thought at that point, because the, the funeral had already happened, but I really hadn't had a chance to grieve. And 15 minutes before my appointment, the flood, the dam opened, mm -hmm. right? <laughs> and all of that pent in grief. I was driving home to get on the phone with this guy and I could not stop sobbing. And I also had been consoling my, my kids, you know, they had just lost their grandfather. And I, I got, in, got home and I was about to get ready on the phone. And I realized, I look in the mirror, I'm like, I'm not gonna be able to keep it together for this phone call. This is too much. And I, I have to hope that this guy is gonna understand this. I also didn't wanna go into details because it really wasn't his business. But I did say, I am so sorry, but we're going to have to reschedule. I'm dealing with a family emergency. Now, I personally think that saying a family emergency is enough to say, you go ahead and take care of whatever you have to take care of. I think that would be the decent thing for anybody to do. This guy comes back and lets me know how disappointed he was and how much time he had put into preparing for this and, you know, laid into me. My response to him was, look, um, it so looks like we're not going to be a good fit because I'm not going to be able, I'm, I'm never going to be prioritizing you ahead of my family. So best of luck finding somebody else to work with you. Well, he comes back with a whole lecture on how I need to put myself in his shoes. And then finally, I was like, look, <laughs> I just lost my father-in-law. I'm dealing with a, a whole bunch of grief. Um, please take a moment to put yourself in somebody else's shoes before you lay into them. This guy had already contacted the place that he had, had, um, he had put a contact form through, like where I had been listed, and told them to take me off of the listing wow. because of this. Yeah. And then I got an email from them saying, look, you know, clients are clients. We know what's going on, but we wanted to make sure you, you knew about this. And I read this and I was absolutely furious. But then a few minutes later, after I had said, you know, I, I hope that you'll use compassion next time you're interacting with somebody, um, they, the guy had apologized and he said, look, I take it back. Um, she's dealing with a family emergency, but I still think it was, you know, unprofessional of her to cancel that with that short notice. And I was just like, you know, sometimes I, I'm try I pride myself in my professionalism, but I also pride myself in my humanity. And I hope that other people show that humanity too. So yeah, being open about being a work at home parent has helped me filter out the bad clients because man, if that was his expectation during a family emergency for me to set aside everything to focus on him, then what would he have expected from me just in a normal work situation? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so uh, one of the things that you have been kind of touched on is that you have a very supportive partner at home, which is awesome. Um, how have you two come together to make finances work uh, when one of you runs your own business? We've pretty much separated our my, my work finances from our family finances. 
Um, I think it's as soon as I decided to to open up my business, I opened up my own business checking account, you know, once I got the LLC. So that way, there's no mix ups, let's say that, you know, I have to refund a client, which I hope I never have to do. Um, But I don't want that coming out of my family's money. I want that coming out of my business funds. So we we just keep separate checking accounts. And occasionally I pay myself depending on how well I did that month. And as far as, uh, you know, my husband has health insurance, so that covers me. Um, I don't have to, I, I don't have anybody on payroll as of yet. So it's just completely separate. And as far as budgeting is concerned, I bootstrapped my company. So um, basically, all of the money that what I put into the company was money that I had earned through my content writing service. So that way, I we didn't make a, a personal investment into my business that all money that went into my business is money that I earned from my business. That's great. Um, so uh, are there any strategies that are working well for you as you promote and grow your business? Um, I think the best strategy for me is is defining who my target client is and being really specific about it, identifying who, what their values are, what they ultimately want to achieve and where to find them. Um, Twitter has been a great um, place to just meet people where they're at using hashtags and things, making sure that I'm, I'm curating great content to offer to people and obviously creating my own content because I'm a writer. I better, I better mm-hmm. be showing what I can do. Um, also touching base, leaving comments on blogs of people that are influential in my field and giving them support and, and helping promote their work. So it's, it's ultimately about creating relationships with people even before I'm doing business with them. Um, and then when it comes to growing my business, I have a very straightforward story. And that is of somebody who wants to help other people change lives. And the best way to change lives is to build relationships. So, um, and I think that hits people that are the kind of people I want to work with right where they they need to hear it, you know, um, because I'm helping other people grow their business. So I, I help them by giving consultations, um, offering complimentary consultations. I insist on talking to people hu- human to human is what I say on my website, uh, because I don't believe that just filling out a form does anybody justice. Um, I try not to automate communications between people. Um, you know, I have a, like a Twitter automation to just acknowledge, thank you for following me. Um, but otherwise, all of my communications happen from one person to the other. And I just, I make sure that I, I'm, I'm where people are looking. I have a, a listing on Copy Hackers, for example, that's a, an influential website for people who are looking to get help on writing content or writing landing pages. And I make sure that I'm there either as a writer, as a contributor to the blog, or um, they have a Copy Hackers for Hire area and I have a listing there. So um, that's ultimately what it's about for me is, is just making sure I'm where people are looking. That is great. Um, so uh, you are obviously a fabulous copywriter, and you help businesses reach their target audiences through great copy. 
How could your fellow parentpreneurs go about finding the ideal audience for their message? It's a couple of different ways. And if you're looking for an article to kind of plug myself for a moment, um, you can look at my blog and there's an article called How to Pinpoint uh, Your Ideal Customer. And it's I, I kind of um, parallel it to online dating because the best way to find your perfect partner in online dating, unfortunately, is to know exactly what you're looking for and to be able to weed out the people that aren't relevant to that. Um, and the same thing goes for your uh, business. You have to come up with a really hyper-focused customer profile. I'm talking like knowing, coming up with a great name for that customer, knowing how old your average customer is going to be, um, where they're coming from, what their socioeconomic background is, what their interests are that go beyond the scope of your industry. So knowing what kind of music they like and what their design aesthetic is, knowing, um, knowing also what negative keywords like I have an, uh, a client, for example, who's designing a messenger bag for people, millennials, right? The last thing that he wants to use as a word within his website is hipster or trendy, you know, because that that kind of is immediate turnoff. That's, that's not genuine because mm -hmm. people that are, are into that aesthetic don't want to be called hipsters. That's derogatory. Um so you have to kind of get into the world of the person that you want to attract to your business and make sure that you're telling their story, not your own. Your story is ultimately about helping them tell their story and bringing your stories together and um, helping them achieve their goals. And as long as you're making yourself available and making yourself as helpful and approachable as possible, then you're going to find the right client for your business. So uh, speaking of uh, stories, uh, one of the things that you help your clients with is creating stories about their brands. Mm -hmm. How can we integrate storytelling into our sales and marketing copy to better reach our audience? And why is it so important? Well, what, storytelling is important because it is the shortest route to human emotion. Um, the best way for people to to remember and take action is through hearing a story. And the things that shape our lives is ultimately the stories that we are either witness to or a part of. Um, so the best thing you can do as a brand is to create a story. A lot of people think of sto brand storytelling as, as being, you know, talking about your brand. And I kind of flip it and a lot of marketers do and say, no, this isn't about you telling people about your brand. This is about saying, we know what you want and we're here to help you in creating the story that you need to tell. Um, because ultimately people at the end of our lives, we all we are are the stories that we that people will tell about us. So brands are there to help people with telling those stories. So for example, um, if you're to do making a landing page, don't t make it about you like saying we do this and we do that. It needs to be acknowledging you are here because of this and we're going to help you get to that point and here's what you can do to take action. That's the story that you're telling them. 
not we're going to tell you all about our background because that's a that's a one-way conversation that's like being on that date where somebody's talking about themselves all the time and not really interested in what you have to say so the the focus has to be on the potential customer that is uh that is really great advice um so what is one resource that you have found helpful in running your business or parenting that you want to share with the parentpreneur audience Oh, gosh. Um, I am a huge podcast fan. And that's pretty much how I get through my day when Me too. <laughs> I, uh, you know, I, when I'm home with the kids, if I'm not giving them my attention, then I'm probably doing housework. And I'm listening to a podcast at the same time. So I have a huge amount of, of story based po podcasts that I love, one of which is the business of story, um, which specifically talks about what storytelling is in relationship to business um, and how you can apply storytelling to your business. And it, he, he has these great interviews with people that are not just, um, you know, business people, but they're also people that are, are have studied folklore or um, Hollywood scripts, script writing. They get how stories are made and how to get people involved and inspired by stories. Um, another podcast that I really love as a parent is called The Longest Shortest Time. Have you heard of that one? Yes, I have. Yeah. <laughs> um, they are, I what I love about it is it's kind of like the thinking person's, person's parenting podcast. It's like this American life of parenting podcasts. Um, and she, she lately has been reaching out to the childless community as well, which I think is interesting because it's it's about how our world responds to parenting, not just how parents respond to parenting. Um, and like I said, it's one of my guideposts is to help change the business environment to be more inclusive of families and adaptive to what families need. So I think that listening to Longest Shortest Time and understanding the challenges that parents face is really important. Um, As far as Facebook groups are concerned, one of my favorites uh, is Being Boss, which is a, a Facebook group for creatives and creative entrepreneurs. And they just sh share great tips. Another one is called um, Longest Shortest Time Entrepreneurs and Freelancers. So these are fans of Longest Shortest Time podcasts that are in business for themselves. And also a lot of them are parents. Um, one is called The Working Mom's Safety Net. And one that I just thought of is um, Binders, which is a group of female writers. And there's one that's actually um, copywriters binders. And there's one that's um, parenting writers, I believe, both of which if you're into blogging or if you're into writing sales copy, they're great for sharing tips. If you're a woman, it's woman inclusive, um, but you have to be invited to join it. So if you know anybody that's in the binders group, then get in touch with them and hit them up and they should be able to add you to those groups. That is great. And we'll have um, links to all of these in the show notes, or at least the ones that um, we can find. Um, and if people want to find uh, more about your business and about you, where can they find you? You can find me at wordweaverfreelance.com. Um, you can also find me at Twitter at wordweaverfree. And those are places I'm most active. Um, I also have a medium publication that I've been starting to kind of fire up more. And that's um, 
I'm not sure. I think it's Word Weaver Free again on Medium. So, or you can just kind of search for my name, Alora Weaver, and find me on Medium. Great. Uh, we'll do that. Uh, thank you so much, Alora. You're very welcome. Thank you so much for listening to the Parentpreneur Podcast. If you'd like to share your thoughts on today's episode, you can email me at hello at parentpreneurcast.com. You can also follow the Parentpreneur Podcast on Twitter at WeParentpreneur or on Facebook at facebook.com slash parentpreneurcast. If you enjoyed the podcast, please tell a friend and remember to subscribe on iTunes to get the latest episodes as soon as they are released. You can also leave a review so that other parentpreneurs like you can find the podcast. Please visit parentpreneurcast.com for show notes, resources, and to learn how you can be a guest on the show. I'll be back every week with new guests talking about the ins and outs of their business and family journeys. Thanks again and see you next week. Um, how I became an entrepreneur, I can't even say the word entrepreneur. Let's try that again. <laughs> Let's just skip the word entrepreneur for now.